The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Hey, good morning, New Song Church. How's everybody doing? Awesome, awesome. So good to see you this morning. May I say Happy New Year to all of you. Uh, Like Josh said, Josh Romano, I'm not talking about myself in the third person there. Uh, We uh, we missed you last weekend. It's just not the same when we don't get to come together and and be together as a church family. So we're glad that you're here this morning. My name is Josh. I'm the pastor of New Song Church. This is your first time. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. We consider you to be a guest And uh, because you're a guest, we want to serve you. We want to serve everybody, but we want to serve you, answer any questions you may have. Uh, Make sure that if you you need anything, there's people walking around with badges, let us know. We'd love to help you out in any way we can. After the service is over, uh, we'll be out in the lobby, me and my wife, Sarah, who's up here with me. And uh, we'll be out in the lobby. We'd love to shake your hand, get to know you, hear a little bit more about your story. And along those lines, tonight we do have Next Steps class. And I want to encourage you, if you've been coming to New Song Church over the past couple months... Uh, if you're new today, if this is your first time, I want to encourage you and invite you to come on out to Next Steps class tonight. Next Steps is where we kind of unpack for you the vision for this church. We tell you a little bit more about our story, where we're going, where we, how we got started, where we've been, what God's doing through the church. It's a great way for you to learn more about the church and, for learn, and to learn what your role can be in this church, how you can plug in and get rooted in this church. The Bible says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish And so we want to help you to flourish. I want you to be flourishing in life. I want you to be producing good fruit in your life. So so come on out tonight. We have free child care for you. We got free dinner for you and your kids. Fuzzy's Tacos for adults. Mazio's Pizza for the kids. Because if you're an Okie, you know Mazio's. So we're going to have that tonight. Is Mazio's Ranch going to be there, by the way? Because that's important. Mazio's Ranch. We need to make sure we get that on there. Anybody know Mazio's Ranch? Anybody? Okay. If you don't know Mazio's Ranch... Go to Mazio's, get some ranch. You'll, you'll, you'll end up drinking it like a shot glass. Uh, it's awesome. But we'll, we got food for you. It's going to be great. Uh, make sure you're here 5 to 7. We're not going to keep you longer than that. We'll have you out of here by 7 o'clock. It's going to be a really good time, so make sure you're there. Um, well, welcome. We're, we're beginning a brand new year this year and uh, jumping into a new series today. I was thinking this week, uh, when me and Sarah first began to start praying about having a church and planting this church, uh, years ago, even before New Song was really an idea, we would walk around and we'd pray and we'd ask God to give us a vision. And one of the things we knew that we wanted to be a part of the church that we would be a part of some days, we wanted it to be a church where people didn't just come and experience just going through the motions of a service. But we wanted to have a church where people could come and they could go on a spiritual journey and they could grow in the things of God. And, 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 become, and they may come in one way, but they'd leave a different way. And, and I believe this. I believe that this year for you, let me, let me say it this way. I believe this year, if you will really plug in to what's going on here at New Song Church, uh, attend services regularly, go to things like the worship night that we have coming up in, in, at the end of our, our 21 days of passion. We're going to end it with a worship night. We're going to be fasting, but then that worship night, we're going we're to have a worship night, and at the end of it, we're going to have food trucks. So we'll, we'll break the fast together. It's going to be great. Uh, but, um, but if you'll plug in and, and, and go to classes and, and get plugged in and serving and get plugged into to groups and tithe and do these things that, that, that we're asking you to do, I really believe that at the end of this year, you'll look back and you'll say, man, what a difference a year has made. I believe that you can see dramatic change take place 
if you'll really make the choice, make the decision that I'm going to sink my roots down deep, I'm going to really dive in, I'm going to go for it this year with the church. Uh, there's a quote I, I want to I remind you of. If, I've said this before at New Song Church, but it's a C.S. Lewis quote. If you guys wouldn't mind throwing that up there. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you'll get neither. In other words, if, if we're just making our life about kind of the things of this world, if that's our aim, then we're probably going to miss out on not only the things of this world, but definitely the things of God. But if we make our aim, like the Bible says, seeking first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added unto us. Not only will we, will we achieve the thing God wants us to achieve, but we'll achieve the things that God wants us to experience here on earth. So I invite you this year to plug in like, like never before. I believe this to be true this year. I believe this can be the best year of your life. If, if it's the best year of your life spiritually. If you make your goal that, that I'm going to be spiritually dig in like never before, I believe this can be the best year of your life, all right? So we're beginning a new series today, and, and, uh, and tomorrow we begin our fast, 21 Days of Passion, where we're going to be seeking God in prayer, we're going to be seeking God in the Word, we're going to be fasting some things in our life, which if you go to our 21 Days of Passion page, you can learn more about fasting there and the different kinds of fasts that you can do. Uh, but to go along with that, we're starting a new series called It Is Written Today, and what we're going to be doing is over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at the Word of God, we're going to be looking at the Bible, uh, we're going to be studying how it works, what it does, how we can apply it to our lives. So I want to dive right into this this morning. If you have uh, something that you're taking notes on, go ahead and get that out. Some kind of device, piece of paper, whatever that may be. If you weren't planning on taking notes this morning, uh, what's wrong with you? Take notes, right? You need to take some notes. Look at the person beside you and say, take notes today. Take some notes. You're, you're going to remember more if you take notes. And, uh, and look at this verse with me. This is John chapter 1. It says this, it says, in the beginning was the Word, everybody say word. word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Notice this verse tells us that God, before there was a Bible, before there was the written Word of God, God calls himself the Word. And, and, and not only is the Word of God God's Word, the, the Bible God's Word, and it's, it's a, a picture of who God is. But God himself calls himself the word. So it stands to reason this, that if we get to know God's word better, we're going to get to know God better, right? And so that's kind of the goal is we want to, to help you to get to know the word of God better. Maybe you're here today and you struggle with the word of God. Maybe you've had a hard time with the Bible. You've opened it up. You've tried, but you just don't understand it. You don't get it. It doesn't make sense to you. Well, we want to help you through this series to really understand what this, what this Bible is all about. And, but, but here's what I really want you to see today, okay? The Bible is full of information about God, what he likes, what he doesn't like, who he is, his nature. But more than that, I want you to understand this book is a powerful, life-giving force in your life. This book is more than just a book of information. It's a book of power. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. The Word of God is full of the power of God. It's full of the power of God. The Bible says this in John 6, 63. This is Jesus talking. He said, the spirit gives life. The, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Can I get a bottle of water, a cup of water? Somebody wouldn't mind bringing me one. Okay, now when Jesus says the words that I have spoken to you are spirit, that word spirit there is actually the Greek word pneuma. I'm sorry, yes, Greek word pneuma. And that word pneuma means this, it's the breath of God. 
If you really study it, the, the best translation for that is it's the breath of God. But it's more than that. It's actually the breath of God with the power of God to fulfill whatever it says. Okay, so I want you guys to do something with me this morning. I want you to take your hand. I want you to put it right up close to your mouth. Not, not totally up to your mouth, but right there close to your mouth. And then I want you to say breath five times. Breath, 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 breath. Was that five? Yeah, okay. Now, did you notice something? When you spoke, you could feel your breath, right? So your, your, your voice, you cannot talk without breath coming out of you. Thank you, sir. When you talk, your breath comes out of you. And that breath can be felt. That breath has a little bit of power behind it, right? Well, you were made in the image of God, right? And so when God created you, He created you the same way that He is. And so when God, what this tells us is if when God speaks, His breath is attached to His words as well. And His breath is powerful. Our breath may not be that powerful, you know, depending on, you may disagree with me, depending on who you talk to during the meet and greet this morning. <laughs> but our, our breath may not have a lot of power behind it, but the, but the breath of God is very powerful. In fact, there, there's a story in, in Exodus chapter 15 where the children of Israel have escaped from Egyptian captivity. You remember that? And they cross the Red Sea, right? And so the, the God parts the Red Sea. It says with a blast of his nostril, he parts the Red Sea. They walk through it, and then their enemy comes into the Red Sea, and the water collapses on them and, and kills them all, right? And so after this is over, in Exodus 15, the people are kind of celebrating and, and singing and praising God about what happened. And they, and they say this in Exodus 15, uh, it's, it's verses 8 and 9. And with the blast of your nostril, the waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. So like, I don't know if God made it jello, but they congealed in some way. But look what it says next. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide and spoil. My desire shall be satisfied. My desire to destroy them is going to be satisfied. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. That's, and listen, the enemy of, of the Israelite people, what they, what they wanted to do is the same thing the enemy of your life wants to do. He wants to destroy you. He wants to find ways to get in and break you down and ruin your life. But look at what verse 10 says. It says, this is talking about God, you blew with your wind. The sea covered them, covered their enemies. And they sank they sank like lead in the mighty waters. So here's what happened. What I want you to see this morning. God's breath is powerful. And his breath has the power to stop and destroy the works of the enemy in your life. You may have stuff that you're coming against this year. There may be mountains that are standing in front of you. There may be, uh, you may feel like the enemy is, is trying to, to stop you and attack you. And listen, I just want you to know, the enemy's going to come after you this year. The devil hates you. He's going to try to ruin your life. But you have the word of God that has the breath of God, and the breath of God has the power of God to take care of you, to defend you, to fight back your enemy, and to give you victory. Amen. Amen. So we got to get into the Word. If you want that breath, you got to get into the Word because the breath of God is in His Word. The words of God are, are powerful, and the Bible is full of the words of God. And that leads us to kind of a second big idea you need to see this morning, and that is that the Bible, the Word of God, is alive. It's alive. If you're taking notes, write that down. God's Word is alive. This isn't just like any other book. This isn't just like all the other books on your shelf. This is, this is a book full of the living Word of God. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is, everybody say this with me, living. Say it again, living. It's not just a book of information. It's not just a book full of cool stories. This is a living book. 
And it's active, it says. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. That means it has the power to defend you. It has the power to help you fight the fights you need to be. But also, it's, also, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a scalpel. It has the, the power in your life to, to do little incisions and to cut and fix things and help you heal things that need to be fixed in your life. It says it penetrates even, even to the dividing of the spirit, the joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of your heart. In other words, here's another way of saying that. It'll get up all in you and mess with you. Yeah. <laughs> It'll mess with your emotions. It'll mess with, with your fears. It'll mess with the areas of your life that need to be messed with, your issues. But listen, because it has the power of God beside it, it doesn't just mess with those issues. It has the power to help you to fix those issues. So you can move past those issues into what it is that God wants to do in your life. So when you read the word, when you say the word, when you speak the word, when you get the word of God in you, you're not just getting information. You're getting the power to fulfill the information. God's word wants to come alive in your life. It can produce life in your life. But in order for it to do it, you've got to get into it. Now, I want, you, I want to give you kind of a formula this morning to help you kind of understand how the word of God can produce life in you, how it works, okay? So, so look at this with me. I think you guys have a slide for me. Okay, in order for the Bible to come alive in your life, you have to have faith in it. You have to have faith in it. In order for, to have faith, you need revelation from it. You need revelation, you need understanding of what it's saying. You, you can't have faith in something you don't understand, right? So if you're going to get faith, you've got to have a revelation. In order to have a revelation from it, you need to meditate on it. You're going to have to meditate on it. You're going to, have to, you're going to have to spend a little bit more time getting into it. So I want to, I want to help you understand how this works today. We're going to break this down a little bit for you. So let's, let's start by talking about faith. God wants you to have faith in the Word of God. Faith is what causes the Bible to come alive. Faith is what activates God's power in your life. Hebrews 4 verse 2 says this. Now, this is Paul talking. And Paul's talking about a time in his life when he didn't, he didn't know the gospel message. He didn't have a revelation of it. He didn't have faith in it. Look at what he says. He says, for we also have had the gospel preached to us just as you did. But look at what he says next. But the message that we heard had no, had no value to them. It had no value to us. It didn't land. They didn't get it. Why? Because look what he says next. Because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. If you're going to get something out of the word, if you're going to get a revelation, if you're going to get what God wants you to get out of the word, you're going to have to have faith in it. You're going to have to believe what it says. In order for the Bible to come alive, you've got to have faith in it. Now, in order for the Bible to have faith in it, you're going to have to get a revelation from it. Write this down if you're taking notes this morning. Revelation activates faith. Revelation activates faith. So if you want faith to come alive in you, you need to get a revelation of what God is saying, where you can put your faith behind it, where you can really believe what God is saying, you've got to have a revelation. In other words, you've got to have an aha moment. You've got to have that moment where you just see it like you've never seen it before, where it really makes sense and you really, truly believe it. Some of you have had those moments before. You're reading the Bible and Maybe you read a verse that you've read several times before, but all of a sudden you read it and something, it just kind of jumps out at you. It just comes alive to you. You, you see, that, that's a revelation from God that he wants to give you. Now, here's the cool thing about the Bible. The word of God carries with it the power to help you to understand it. This is a living book. It's not like every other book. It actually carries with it the power to help you understand it. The Holy Spirit wants to help you 
to make this book come alive in your life. So, so here's how it works, okay? When you study the Word of God, you start to look at the Word of God, and when the Bible talks about the Word of God and the words of God, there are two words that are used to describe the words of God or the Word of God. Two words for the word word, right? Say that three times fast. Two words for the word word. Two words for the word word. Okay. There's two words for the word word. The first one is the Greek word logos. Logos. And logos is the written word of God or it is the general word of God. That's the, that's the logos word of God. There's a second word and that is the word rhema. Rhema is a, is, is a revelation of, from God. It's a personal revelation that you get from God. And that's where God wants to get you. Now, there's, a, there's an amazing story that, that God kind of unpacked for me that I got a revelation of this week that I want to help you see. It's the story of, of when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and told her that she was going to have baby Jesus in Luke chapter 1. So this angel shows up to this girl. Now, understand, Mary was just a teenage girl at this time. Uh, biblical scholars believe she was somewhere between the ages of 12 and 16. We don't know for sure, but she was very young. And, and this age, angel Gabriel shows up and he has a message for her. He says, hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And this baby is not going to be like any other baby. This baby is going to be the son of God. You're going to have this baby. And Mary hears this, and she's taken back by it. She doesn't, she doesn't understand. In fact, she says this in Luke chapter 1, verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? So, so Mary, think about this. The angel Gabriel has delivered to her a word from God. This is a word from God for her. But at this point, it's, it's a Logos word to her. She doesn't have a revelation of it. She doesn't understand it. She doesn't get it. So what does she do? She asks a question. And I want you to understand something. It's okay to ask questions. God's okay with your questions. As long as your questions are to have an understanding. See, Mary wanted to understand in a greater way. God wants you to understand his word. So he's okay with your questions. He's okay with you digging in a little bit deeper. That's what Mary wanted. She, she doesn't quite get it. She doesn't have a revelation of it. So she wants to understand it. So she asks, and the angel Gabriel, he doesn't come back and say, how dare you? He doesn't get mad at her. He, he explains it to her in a more detailed way. He says, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then he goes on and explains a little bit more detail and gives her some more information. And then he says this in verse 37. If you have a physical Bible with you, highlight this, circle this, write this down. This is so good. If you get nothing else, get this today, okay? Verse 37, he says, for no word. Everybody say word. No word from God will ever fail. Now, when he says word there, the Greek word that he uses is the word rhema. So here's what he says. No revelation that you get from God in his word will ever fail you. And what was true for Mary, my friends, is true for me and you today. If we can truly get a revelation of what God wants to do in our life from his word, we can have the faith that we need and it will produce the life that we need it to produce in our life. And so now Mary has received revelation. And so now she can put her faith to that. She attaches her faith to that. Look at what it says here in the next verse, verse 38. She says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word, and when she says word, she says, rhema. So she says, may this revelation I've received from God, may this be fulfilled. At that moment, she has a revelation from God. Because she has a revelation, she can attach her faith to what God has says. And because of that, it's in that moment that she conceives Jesus. Now think about this. She conceives Jesus. What was Jesus called? He was called the Word made flesh. It's one of the things that he's called. 
In that moment, when she is able to get a revelation of the word and put her faith to it, the word comes alive in her. And because the word comes alive in her, it produces what God wants it to produce. And she is able to give birth to Jesus, who becomes the Savior for all mankind. Here's what I want you to see. When we attach our, when we get a revelation of what God's saying, we can have the faith in it, and it will come alive in us. And because it comes alive in us, it will produce good things in our lives. I'm preaching a lot better than your amen in this morning. This is good stuff, right? So... So, here, so God wants us to have a revelation so we can have faith. So how do we get a revelation? we got to get into the Word. We have to do this thing, the practice of meditation. Meditation. Now, I know there's a lot of you, you've been at New Song, you've heard me talk about meditation before, but I know there's some, probably some new people here this morning, so let me talk to you a little bit about what meditation is. Meditation is not like Eastern meditation where you're trying to empty your brain of all of its thoughts. That's not, med- that's not God's meditation there at all. God's, and when the Bible talks about meditation, you're actually filling yourself up with the Word of God. Meditation by God's standards is to think deeply about the Word of God. That's what God wants you to do. And when you study meditation, you'll find there's another word that, that's closely associated with it in Scripture, and that is the word rumination. Rumination is what happens when a cow or a sheep or an animal that has multiple stomachs chews the cud. What they do, they take a bite of the grass, and they begin to chew on it, and then they swallow it down, and then they regurgitate it back up, or they vomit it back up into their own mouth. And then they chew it some more, and they swallow it, and they vomit it back up. And they chew it some more, and they swallow it. They keep bringing it back up, is what I want you to see. They bring it back up, and here's what happens. Every time they do that, it becomes more and more refined. And as it gets more and more refined, it goes deeper inside of them. And what does it do? It produces the energy, the life energy that they need in their life to keep living and doing what it is that they do as a cow or a sheep. Now, the same way, when we meditate on God's Word, we keep bringing it back up. We keep thinking about it. We keep praying about it. We keep, we keep thinking about what the Word of God says. We bring it back up over and over again. And we, 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 as we do that, it becomes more and more refined in our life. And it goes, it sinks deeper and deeper inside of us. And it becomes the life energy, the life force that helps us to go through life and to deal with the situations that we're dealing with. It produces life in us. Bible says this in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Do not let this book of the law, talking about the Bible, depart from your mouth. Notice it's talking about your mouth. That you got to get the word in your mouth. How do you get the word in your mouth? You don't rip out pages and eat them. You speak the word. It's talking about talking about the word, speaking it, saying it out of your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. There's that word, meditate on it. Notice it's not just, you know, meditate on it in the morning before you go to work or before you go to school. It's meditate. We're bringing it back up. We're doing this day and night. We're, we're, we're doing it in the morning. We're doing it on our commute. We're doing it at school or at work. We're doing it on our way home. We're meditating. We're bringing it back up. Why? Because it gets more and more refined. And what are we able to do when we meditate on it? Look what it says next. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. In other words, you'll be able to obey the word. You can do the word. God doesn't want us to just be hearers of the word, but doers also. If you want to do the word, you've got to meditate on the word. Why do we need to do the word? Look at what it says next. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, I don't know about you, but prosperous and successful are two words that I want to be on my calendar in 2018. How about you? I want to be prosperous and successful. Well, the Bible tells us, it guarantees us what will produce that in your life is this Word of God. It's a living, active book that can produce life for you, but you've got to get into it. You've got to really dig in. Matthew 7, verse 24, this is from the Message Translation, says this, These words I speak to you, they're not accidental, incidental additions to your life. 
So it's not just kind of a take it or leave it thing. They're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. Look at what it says here. They are foundational words, words to build your life on. Now look what it says next. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his life on a solid rock. He said, I wish I could make you the promise that this year you're not going to face any storms. You're not going to face tough stuff. I can't make you that promise. In fact, I can probably guarantee you that you're going to face stuff. You're going to face sickness this year. You're going to face financial stuff this year. You're going to face stuff. There's going to be storms that come against you. I wish I, could, I wish I could stop that, but I can't. But here's what I can do for you. I can help you to build your life on a foundation of something that when those storms come against you, you'll be able to stand against it. And that's the Word of God. So, the Word of God's powerful. It's living. It's active. It, it can produce life in us. How do, we, how do we practically start to walk this out? I'm going to give you three things with some subpoints. So keep taking notes. I got a lot of notes for you this morning. But these are some things that you can do, some mindsets that you can have, some steps that you can take to help you to, to see God's word come alive in your life. Here's the first one. You have to accept the authority of God's word. You have to accept the authority of God's word. Listen, it always starts here with God. You have to accept. What, what is the, here's the question. What is the Bible to you? Is it, a, is it a book of history? Is it a book full of information about God? Is it, or is it what it truly is? The, the infallible, perfect word of God. What is it to you? And you've got to come to terms with that. Decide what it's going to be to you. You've you got to have that attitude. Well, you say, well, Pastor Josh, here's the problem, though. I don't understand it. You know, so I don't know that I can truly accept it into my life because I don't really understand it. Well, I, you know, listen, you're, on this side of the earth, you're never going to understand it completely. There's always, you're not God. So there's always going to be things about the, the Bible that you don't completely understand. But just because you don't completely understand doesn't mean you don't accept them. I don't completely understand how digestion works. But I don't stop eating. Right? You've got to come to terms with the fact that just because you, you don't see something, you don't understand it, you've got to, to decide in your heart, in your mind, that even when you don't get it, you're still going to receive it. You're going to believe God's Word. Because it's perfect Look at, what, look at what the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. Paul says this, We also thank God continually. When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it. That word accepted there is, is the Greek word dikomai. And it means uh, you welcomed it as a stranger. Now think about that. If, if someone was to come to your house and you don't know them, they're a stranger, but you let them into your house most likely, here's what you're saying. I, I don't know you, but I'm going to let you in because I want to get to know you. And here's what Paul's saying. You, you may not completely understand it, but you're going to accept it. You're going to let it in because that's the way you're going to come to understand it. Mary didn't understand the word from the angel right away, but she wanted to understand it. She had a heart to understand it. So she, she was willing to be able to accept it and ask questions and look at it. You have to have that same kind of heart. I'm going to accept this. I'm going to receive it even when I don't completely understand it. He goes on to say this. He, you accepted it, not as a word from men, because it's not, but actually as it is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. God's word wants to be at work in you. But you've got to believe it. In order for you to believe, you've got to accept it. You've got to be willing to say, even when I don't understand it, even when I don't completely get it, I'm going, to, I'm going to trust it. Because if you don't, listen, the Word of God is never going to come alive to you. If you look at the Bible as a book that you're going to pick and choose what you're willing to accept, it ain't going to produce life in you. You have to be willing to say, this book is what I'm going to build my life on. 
This is God's word. I'm going to accept everything that it says, even when it goes contrary to what the world says, what popular culture says. This is God's word, and I stand behind this. I stand on this. That's a decision you've got to make. You have to accept the authority of God's word. Here's the second thing. You have to work God's word into your life. You have to work God's word into your life. In other words, uh, God's word can't just be a Sunday thing for you. It's got to be something that you're actively looking at how you can work the principles and its understanding into your life, in, in your marriage, in your school life, in your work life, in, in the raising of your kids, in your business life. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to work God's word into your life. All right, so I want to get practical with you. How can you do that? How can we begin to work God's word into our life so that it comes alive in our life? Here's the first thing. You've got to listen to it by listening to the word of God. The Bible says this in... Let's see, where are my notes here? Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing. Everybody say hearing. Hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And we talked earlier about how faith is is critical to the power of God being produced in our life, right? And faith can come to us by hearing the word of God. In other words, by us sitting under listening to what the word of God has to say. My, My question for you is how are you listening to the word of God this year? What's your approach? What's your plan for listening to the Word of God? Jesus said this in, in, in the Bible in Luke chapter 8. He was talking about the different seeds that, that get thrown on the ground and, the, and where they can land and where they can produce fruit. And at the end of talking about this, this analogy, he says this, Consider carefully how you listen. Are you considering how you listen to the Word of God? And here's one of the ways you, you listen to the Word of God. I'm preaching in the choir this morning, but you come to church. You come to church. And you listen to the word of God. And you receive it. You allow yourself to sit under a, a, a minister, a pastor, a preacher who preaches to you and tells you what God's been sharing with him because it's what God's sharing with you, what God wants to say to you. Here's a, here's a New Year's resolution for you this year that should be on your New Year's resolution. We're going to be a church. We're going to be a church every time we can. We're not going to let things get in the way and stop us from coming to church. Listen, the culture today, the average person comes to church once a month. That's not enough. You need to sit in the Word of God. You need to sit under the Word of God and listen to what it has to say. It's one of the ways that God produces faith in you. As you come and you get together with a group of believers and you listen to what God has to say, you allow God to minister to you and speak to you, and you sit under that and you receive the authority of God's Word. And and far too often it becomes kind of one of these things that we just, well, maybe I'll be there. It becomes an option. Listen, church is not an option. (laughs) It wasn't an option for Jesus. It was Jesus' practice to be in the temple. It needs to be your practice. It needs to be a part of what you're doing. And I'm not saying this to you because I'm trying to guilt you into coming to church. I know what this will do for you. Being with a group of people like this and sitting under the word, it will produce life. You need this. Your kids need this. Your kids are sitting under the word back there right now. All of them, even the babies, are sitting under the word. And they need that. And let me just tell you something. If you're a parent in here, I'm going to preach to the parents. I'm going to kind of get on your case a little bit, okay? But, But I love you. That's why I'm doing it. If you, you can tell your kids you love God all day. You can tell them you prioritize God. But when you allow just any little thing to get in the way of your attendance in church, when you allow sports leagues and dance recitals, and you're, you're showing them. Your, your actions speak a lot louder than your words. We've got to get real, people. You know, I, I look for, I really do, I look forward to the day when my kids have an activity in their life and they come to me and it interferes with our church schedule. I look forward, I really do, I can't wait to tell them, no, no, sorry, 
I don't care. We're not, we're not doing that. And you know what I do? I model that for them. See, the things that I value, I, I, I put value to them. I calendar them, and then I live by that calendar. This past year, I had someone call me in the middle of the week, and they told me, hey, I got Thunder basketball tickets, playoff Thunder basketball tickets for you this Friday night, two tickets if you want to go. Now, here's the problem. Friday in our home is Friday Family Fun Night. And that's a, that's a night that I have reserved that nothing gets in the way of me spending time with my wife and our kids together. And so as much as I wanted to go to that game... I said no. And I was able to come home that night and say, hey guys, I'm here with you tonight and we're going to watch The Lion King or whatever it is that we were doing that night. And I, I, because I, pri- I love you. I'm, I'm modeling that for them. You see that? You need to be at church, okay? I'm, gonna, I'm not on a high horse. I'm just letting you know, okay? Go to church. Make it a priority in your life. Don't let anything get in the way of your church attendance, okay? Here's the next one. If you want to work God's word in your life, you've got to read it. Read it. This is like the duh one, right? Duh, like of course you have to read the word. But, but you really do. It needs to be said because I think sometimes we, we, we don't. We don't read the word like we should. And I'm going to get really practical with you. And, and I, I think this is a personal preference, but I also think it's something that will help some of you who may be struggling with your time in the Bible. I'm going to encourage you to get a real physical Bible. An actual paper Bible that you can read. I was reading this week, and, and I found this fascinating. Uh, statistic, or these neuroscience research guys did this research, and they found that retention level of content with physical items is 31% higher than with digital items. 31% higher. That means when, when you read with a digital reader versus a, a physical item, you, you get way more out of it. And one of the reasons they, they say this is because we have trained ourselves with these digital items to have a very low attention span. Because what do we do? We get on stuff like Facebook and things like this that are just really short, quick things that we can scroll through and move through. And so we get that same item out that we've trained our brain to think a certain way about, and we get out the Word of God and we find ourselves going, oh, rabbit trail, rabbit trail, rabbit trail. What's going on on Twitter? We can't, we can't focus. Now, I brought with me this morning, this is my, this is my Bible. This is my physical Bible. And as you can see, and I'm not showing this to brag, but this thing is struggling right now. Okay, it's, it's got stuff in it and papers in it, but you know what it has in it? It has... 20 years of notes and 20 years worth of highlights that I've been making. This Bible got me through addictions. This Bible has, has revealed things to me. This Bible has, been, has come alive in my life. And, and then when I read it, there, there's all sorts of, I mean, there's, there's highlights and notes and all sorts of stuff that God's shown me. I love reading from this Bible because most of the time when I read it, God will remind me of things he's shown me in the past. There's something about this Bible. And I, listen, I'm not saying I don't like technology. I love technology. My, most of this message I use, I study, you know, I look up things online and I do research and I, I use technology. Great. But I always come back to this. In fact, one, one of the things I do is after I do all my study, I come back and I read it from my Bible because there's things in this Bible. It just, there's something about this Bible. And I want to encourage you this year to get yourself a physical Bible. Make an investment in an actual physical Bible, okay? Now, let me say this. If you're here this morning and you don't have the money, you can honestly say, I cannot, I'd love to have a physical Bible, but I cannot afford it. Email me at info at newsongpeople.com and I will buy you a Bible. I'll buy you a Bible because I, I, this is how important this is to me. We will buy you a Bible, okay? Get yourself a Bible. I really want to encourage you that, all right? And read it. Read the Word of God. Here's, here's the next thing. Have a plan, Have some kind of a plan, an approach to how you're going to read the Bible. 
And, there, and there's different ways you can do this. You can have a plan where you, you, know, you read through the whole Bible in a year. And there's so many different kinds. I think my wife Sarah's doing a read through the Bible chronologically this year. You can read through the Gospels where you just focus on the Gospels, Jesus' life for the whole year. You can, you can read you know, where it's Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, Proverbs. There's all sorts of different reading plans. But I encourage you, have some form of a plan. And let me say this for, for a lot of you. Here, here's a plan for you if you're looking for a plan. Feed the need. I talk to people about this all the time here at New Song Church. If there is a glaring need in your life, an area that you know you need to work on, feed the need. Make that your focus. Make that your plan. If you're struggling with fear, feed the need. Look at what the Word of God says. Get online. Get on a device and, and research some scriptures about, about fear. And then go through, get in your Bible and go through and highlight those. And write down in the margins of your Bible what God's saying to you. And, and let Him speak to you. If, if you're struggling with, with, with your finances, if you're struggling with sickness, whatever it may be, get, feed that need. Let God speak to you in that need. Invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to show you what it is, what His plan is for you to be studying right now, but have some form of a plan. And let me just say this too. If you are following a plan and you find yourself falling behind in your plan, uh, don't allow that to start weighing heavy on you and allow the, the Word of God to become a burden. That is not the, that's not the idea what the Word of God wants to do in your life is to create a burden that weighs you down. If you fall behind, listen, just move on. Don't, don't feel like you have to go back. If you're a Christian, you're going to read that stuff at some point, Okay. So don't let the devil beat you up about that stuff. Just move ahead with where you're at and let God speak to you where you're at, all right? But have some kind of a plan. Here, here's the next one. Uh, don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. Remember, the Bible's a living book. It's active. It has the power to speak to you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. He can speak to you through the, through the book that he authored. He wants to speak to you. So allow him to speak to you. One of, one of the analogies that's used often in Scripture for the Bible is that it's a mirror, what happens when you look in a mirror? You look at yourself and you, you, know, you see if you've got a hair sticking up or if something's wrong or something's out of place and what you need to fix, what you need to maybe zip up, you know, whatever that may be. The Word of God is, is that for you. It, it, you can look into it and God can speak to you through it and show you the areas where you need to button stuff up, you need to clean things up, you need to fix things. God wants to speak to you through His Word. Here, here's a prayer for you this year as you read the Word of God. Here's a goal for you. Get one word from God a day. Just ask Him for one thing. In your reading time, don't try to remember everything. Get one word from God every day. Say, God, Holy Spirit, I thank you that today as I study your word, I'm going to get one thing from you. If you got 365 words from God this year, don't you think that might change your life? Make that your goal. Let God speak to you that way. Uh, don't, just, don't just read the Bible. Let it read you. Let God speak to you through it. Here's another one. Hunt. Be on the hunt. When you study the scriptures, don't just, you know, read it and be, be hunting for what God wants to say. The Bible says this in Hebrews 5, verse 13, 14. No one who lives on milk alone can know the ins and outs of what it means to be righteous and pursue justice. That's because he's only a baby. But solid food is for those who have come of age, for those who have learned through practice to distinguish good from evil. In other words, like with a baby, when a baby's born, it survives on milk in those early days. But there comes a point when a baby's no longer satisfied with just milk, right? And it needs something else. Milk, typically, how do you get milk? Well, milk is something that's given to you as a little baby. Your mom brings you to, to the milk, and you, it's given to you. But, but, but solid food, there's a part you play in that. You've got to learn how to feed yourself. You've got to learn how to use a spoon. You've got to learn to cut up meat and steak. And listen, there's, there's milk in the Word of God, but if you stay there, you're going to be a baby. But God wants you to be on the hunt because there's also meat in the Word of God. And in order to get meat, you've got to go on the hunt. 
In Bible times, you had to hunt down animals in order to get meat. God wants you to be on the hunt. God wants you to, t- to look at the word and say, God, I w- I'm going to get something out of this. I'm on the hunt. I'm looking for what it is that you want to say to me. All right, so God's word, you've got to work it into your life. You do this by accepting its authority. You do this by working God's word into your life. And here's my third and last point. You have to apply God's word to your everyday life. You apply God's word to your everyday life. In other words, um, you find a verse to back up whatever it is that you're believing God for. Or a verse to back up whatever it is you're setting your faith to for your situation. Remember, God's word can bring revelation to your life, right? And, and that revelation can produce faith, which helps you to produce, has the power to produce whatever it is that you need. But in order for you to get that, you've got to meditate on the word. And, and, and in order to do that, you need to apply it to your life. You need to find a verse that you can stand on. And I can tell you, this is one of the principles in my life I learned at a very early age. That if I'm believing God for something, I've got to find a verse to stand on. And I can tell you, I have seen this work so many times in my life. I, I mean, I could tell you story after story after story. It was hard for me to narrow it down today, what story I would share with you. But, but this is the one that, that stood out to me. And this one actually is one of the more recent ones that happened. Uh, when my son Gus was a little guy, when he first started learning how to walk, he, he got into this habit of walking on his tippy toes. And so he would kind of stand up on things and he would walk on his tiptoes a little bit. And, and so then as he started toddling around, we found that he would walk flat-footed, but then he would kind of do this sometimes. And he'd kind of go back and forth between tippy toes and walking flat-footed. You know, we notice this as parents, but you don't really think much of it. You just think, well, he'll grow out of it. Uh, but he didn't. And, and actually, it got worse. And as he got older, it got to the point where that's all he did is walk on his tiptoes. I mean, he walked around like this all the time. And, uh, and so we thought, well, maybe, you know, good parents, we, maybe we need to take him to the doctor and see what's going on. So we took him to the doctor. And uh, they said, well, he, he's created this habit in his mind now where he thinks that's how he walks. And so that's how he walks. And, and you, you need to break this habit, though, because it's going to affect him. him uh, you know, it's going to affect his ability to, to walk. He's not walking the right way. It's going to mess up his legs eventually. This could cause him, it's going to cause him to be slower um, and, and eventually could lead to a surgery that would need to take place. And so she gave us some exercises to do with him, this doctor did, and, and told us what to do as far as getting shoes. And so we began to start working, you know, the principles that this doctor gave us. And uh, we'd, we'd tell Gus, you know, remind him, buddy, walk on your flat feet. I mean, I tell the, the we, I don't know how many thousands of times we were saying, Gussie, flat feet, buddy, no tippy toes, heel toe, buddy, heel toe, walk like a penguin. And we had to talk like this all the time. We go into Target, and between going into Target and leaving Target, or going into Sam's or Walmart, wherever it may be, and leaving, we'd say that 50 times. No joke. And he'd do it, and then as soon as he quit thinking about it, he would go back to tippy toes. And, uh, and so this last year, he was still doing it, and he was, he was tired of it. He didn't like it, because we'd, we'd have to go in his room at night, and we'd have to stretch out his, his heels, and we'd have to push his, his foot up, toward, and it hurt, and he'd have to do these exercises, and he was sick of it, and we were sick of it. And I was thinking about it one day, and I was reminded of something that my pastor growing up, Willie George, used to say all the time. People would come to him, and they would say, um, they'd tell him about what they were believing for, and he'd say, well, what verse are you standing on? That was his big thing. What verse are you standing on? You can believe for it all day, but if you don't have a verse to back it up, what verse are you standing on? And, and that, those words rang in my ear, and I just thought, we need a verse for this. 
He needs a verse for this issue. And so I got on my computer and I started researching and I started looking up verses on walking and running and standing and different things. And all these verses popped up and, and I found this one. And when I read this one, I knew this was the one. Joel 2 verse 7, it says, They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like warriors. They each march in his line and they do not swerve off course. And underneath it, and this is his actual little confession that we made for him. It says, I run like a mighty man. I climb like a mighty warrior. I march in God's line, and I do not go off course. And I taught him. I said, Gus, you, you say this over yourself. You speak this word over yourself, and then you pray, and you say, Lord, you've created me to be a mighty man. And mighty men don't walk on their tiptoes. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you helped me to march in line the way God created me, that my, my legs would operate the way God intended them to. And I remember I, I was walking by his room one night after I gave him this. He put this, this little piece of paper, that's his bed, and he put that little piece of paper up above his bed. I was walking by his room one night. And I could hear him through his door. And I heard him praying this, but it wasn't like I could hear faith in him. Faith to believe it. I could hear a, something in him that was like, oh, I'm standing on this. And he was speaking it. And I went back to Sarah and I said, you got to hear this. <laughs> and I'm telling you, within a week, he was healed. He was healed. In fact, he got, he got, he got healed so fast, we didn't even realize it. It was like a month later that we were walking around somewhere. And Sarah was like, you know, he isn't walking on his tiptoes anymore. We had that aha moment, that revelation, like, oh my gosh, it's over. And it, it's over. Something, listen, something that he had been dealing with since, his, since he's learned how to walk, that we had been struggling with, that we had said so many times under our own power to stop or to fix. We tried so much. When we applied the word of God to it, it was over. Yeah. It got fixed. Why? Because here's what happened. My son, who's nine, got a revelation of the word of God. Because he had a revelation of the Word of God, he had faith. Why did he get a revelation? Because he was meditating on it. He got a revelation from it, it produced faith, and the faith produced life. It brought life to his limbs. And what's true for Mary, what's true for Gus, is true for you. This book is alive, it is powerful, it is active, and it can produce life in your life if you are willing to accept it. To say, this is God's infallible, perfect word. And I'm going to sit under it. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to work it into my life. I'm going to apply it to my everyday life. It will produce life in your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us this morning in this message? I want to encourage you, church, this year to let the word of God. Make the decision right now to let the word of God be the authority of your life. To look at the word of God like you've never looked at it before to choose to say that this word is not just a book, but it's God's word. I'm going to apply it. I'm going to allow it to speak to me and minister to me. God, we come to you before you today and we accept your word. We accept the Bible as your word. It is your word and it is supreme in our life. It's the foundation for our life. We place it in high esteem in our life, Lord. We ask you to help us to work it into our life. Help us to take these practical steps that we've talked about today and, and apply them to our everyday life for your purposes. Help us to grow in your word. Help us to, to make your word grow dear to our hearts in Jesus' name. If you would keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning 
and you know who you are, but, but you find yourself here this morning and there is a distance between you and God. And there's something inside of you that says, I want to be closer than I am, but, I, but I'm not. And I, but I want you to know today that there's a way that you can be close to God. Maybe you're tired of living a life, you know, uh, uh, where, where you're struggling with guilt and shame and you're tired of that, tired of living the way you've been living. There's, a, there's another life available to you, and that's a life with Jesus. And Jesus came and he died on the cross for your sins so that he could eliminate the distance between you and God. Jesus made a way. And all it takes to receive that, to, to come into your relationship with God, is being willing to say, God, I believe you died on the cross for my sins, made a way for me. I accept your rule and authority. I make you the Lord of my life. If that's you today and you'd like to do that, I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and, and you feel like you are not where you need to be with God. If that's you, maybe you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, or maybe you've fallen away from that. Wherever you may find yourself today, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to join my faith with yours this morning. I'd love for you to leave this place knowing that you're right with God. So if that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just put your hand up really quick? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything to you. Yeah, I see a hand go up. You can put your hand back down. That's you today, and you want to know that you're right with God. Yeah, I see another hand going up. You can put it down. If you want to know that you're right with God, know that there's no distance between you and God. If that's you today, I want to pray for you this morning. Okay, I saw several hands go up. Here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to embarrass you, but we're going to pray a prayer together this morning. And and we're all going to pray this prayer together because we all believe what you're getting ready to pray. So would would you do this with me? Would you pray this prayer with me? Would you say, Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. I admit that I am a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me. I receive what you did for me. And I choose to make you Lord of my life. I surrender completely to you. Come live inside me and change me. I want to live my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, Go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.